0: things that be not as though they were you look at the big picture you believe what God says instead of what your senses say amen well this is healing school I'm Bruce Conover my wife Marianne and I we pastor here at birth and family church we want to welcome those uh, signing in from out there in Streamland good to have you aboard you are signifying that you are a hungry expectant And uh, excited about the things of God it's good to have you here tonight we're going to get into this subject matter of healing is part of God's redemptive plan let's get our Bibles out that is our textbook for everything that we do here at BFC and uh, it's interesting that he tells us clearly Jesus himself that he he works with us with signs following when he honors and stands over his word to perform it. And so when you put the emphasis on the word of God in your life, that means you begin acting it out as you believe it, and then God has the right to invade your life with blessings, hallelujah. Well, let's get into this. And uh, we, several weeks, uh, that's probably maybe a month ago now, we talked about four steps to receive healing from the Lord four steps and the first step is is that you have to identify you have to determine that it's the will of God for you to be healed and this is where many people struggle uh, because they don't know what the word says because they don't recognize how to identify what God's will is then they question since they have maybe a sickness or an illness or a condition They're thinking, well, if it was the Lord's will for me to be healed, then why am I sick? So number one, in order to have faith, in order to be able to go to God with confidence to receive healing, you've got to settle it in your heart. Step number one, that it's the will of God for you to be healed. Now understand that we come up with all sorts of excuses why it may not be his will well you know i'm this age now and everybody this age has this whoa 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 don't don't fall for that Come on, amen. don't fall for that you need to fight whatever is going on in your body whether you're 15 years old or whether you're 95 years old amen you got to walk in your redemptive rights hallelujah and then you might say well you know this is something rare and You know God you know he'll heal this or that but this is something different no it's not sickness is sickness and don't fall for that that lie that you're paying for something that you did long ago and so God is withholding it from you again when you begin to think that way you're thinking like the world you need to get into the Word of God and determine step number one That you are fully persuaded that it's His will for you to be healed in your body as much as you are convinced that it is His will to save you. And when you and I get to that place of being so fully persuaded now you have a faith that you can stand on and that you can take the next three steps. So here's step number two tonight. Step number two is that you have to determine that healing was purchased for us through God's great plan of redemption. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about the great plan of redemption. Sometimes, especially for someone that's been preaching as long as my wife and I have been preaching, we we begin to assume that people know what we know. And well, I, I don't need to talk about that. They are, they already know that. We got to be careful that we we jump over things. Come on. What what is God's great plan of redemption? Let, let's let's <laughs> let's make sure we're all on the same page here. Yeah. What is God's great plan of redemption? Now, simply put, obviously we're not teaching on this tonight, but I got to at least give you some sort of a foundation that. Will help you to understand what has taken place through what through what Jesus did for us. Number one, when God created the earth, when God created man and placed them on the earth, it was as if they were in heaven. This entire realm that God created, including humanity, had God's life. They were in one with God. And everything on the earth had God's life. There was no death. Animals didn't eat other animals. I guess man was was a vegetarian. He didn't even have to he didn't even have to grow crops. Everything was already planted and taking care of itself and every piece of fruit that they took off a tree, every blade of grass that they used to eat was perfect. There was no death. I don't even think there were any flies or mosquitoes to swat away. Everything down here was perfect. Are you hearing me? It was perfect. There were no crimes, there was no deaths, there was no anything. But when Adam fell prey to the temptation of the devil, he allowed the laws of sin and death to taint and to begin affecting the life of God that was here on the earth. And that's when man had to begin to start tilling the earth for for themselves, had to start planting crops, had to do this and had to do that to survive. They even had to put clothing on. They didn't even need to be clothed. But now with this fallen sin condition, those laws began to impact every person, not only in humanity, but the earth itself. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem, and remember that the people began, hey, this is a good one, we're gonna have this next week. Uh, (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, God is so awesome. They started laying down their clothing. They started ripping branches out of trees, and they strewed a, a runway, a red carpet, so to speak, for Jesus to come in. They were treating him as royalty, as their king. And then the, the Pharisees and the and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of that day told Jesus, Tell these people to stop worshiping you. Because the Jews and we, of course we believe this as well, that worship is reserved for God alone. I said worship is reserved for God alone. And so they didn't see him as God, so they said you need to tell them to stop. And Jesus said, if I told these people to stop, he said even the rocks would cry out and worship me. Now, isn't that interesting that a rock can recognize its creator? Amen. Come on. Mm-hmm. And some of us human beings can't. But here's what I wanted to say. Ever since this earth came under the travail of that spirit of death, even it's crying out for God to redeem them from the yoke they're under. Even the earth is aging. Even the earth is getting older. Even the earth is becoming fragile. Why? Because of the laws of sin and death. It's not because we're not recycling. Although I'm an advocate for recycling, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you, if you make some trash, you need to take care of it, right? But the reason this earth is getting in the way that it's getting, why weather is getting... Uh, more and more uh, dramatic and, and violent is because this earth is under travail. Yeah, come on. And it cries out. Just read Romans chapter 1 and you'll see all that. So understand that everything was perfect until Adam let the laws of sin and death upon the earth. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Yay, we finally got to a scripture. And don't forget to tell me to pray. Romans five 12. Let's do it right now. Father, Help us, Jesus! We are solely dependent on you, Lord, solely dependent upon you. We can't do anything right without your help. So we look to you right now. Give us revelation knowledge. Open the eyes of our spirits that we could see. That we would begin to cause that life from your word to have entranceway into our heart to develop us to nurture us to mature us to to help us to navigate through life's decisions we thank you for it now in Jesus name amen here in Romans 512 is talking about one man so understand that through one man and this is our father Adam It's interesting that that somehow the world has created a race problem, but there can't be races if we've all come from one man. Amen. Come on. How's that work? No, scientifically, our bodies began to adjust to different regions. You don't see someone in uh, northern parts of uh, Canada whose whose lineage has been up there for years and years. You don't see any of them up there with dark skin. No, the climate caused that. And those who live around the equator, for the sake of their body adapting to that kind of climate, their skin changed. Yeah. But what they are on the inside hasn't changed. Come on. Amen. Come on. We are getting on some soapboxes tonight. How you doing? Welcome to the BFC. As by one man, it says that sin entered into the world did you notice that God's name isn't ascribed to the one who did that no it was mankind the one that God gave the stewardship over the earth actually you can call him the gatekeeper he determined who was allowed to come into this realm that he was given the dominion of the earth and he fell prey to the to the devil through his transgression, he was actually bowing his knee yes. to the devil and allowed him into the earth. So by one man sin sin entered into the world. Now what happened when sin came? And death by sin. Now understand de- death has multiple levels. When you and I think about death, we 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 think of the end of something. If a person dies, that's the end of their life on the earth. If a flower dies, that's the end of that flower's life on earth. But death means more than just giving up life. It also means that it can be tainted or impacted by death. Death is simply the separation from God. And when it's separated from God, you separate yourself from his life, that spiritual life. And so he allowed this spiritual death to come, and it says that this death or this, this spirit of death passed upon all men. It passed upon all of humanity. No one is immune to it. Amen. So this brought God to come up with a plan To restore man back to that place of having his life and it took centuries it took centuries for this plan to unfold in fact if you look at Genesis uh, chapter 3 verse 15 that's the first glimpse we had of the great plan of redemption and that was after Adam and Eve had sinned God kicked them out of the garden and then he made a statement that his son would destroy the devil in Genesis chapter 3 that was a glimpse of what God had planned to do for humanity understand that God had the great plan of redemption before he created the earth and before he created man. See, God doesn't work from behind. God's not moved by circumstances because he already knows what's gonna happen and he's already prepared for what's going to happen. That's why you and I have to be careful when something pops up. We can't think that, oh, I wonder if God knows about this. (laughs) Well, he not only knows about it, but he has a solution. We gotta take the time to get into his presence to find out what that solution is. We gotta get into the word to find out what that solution is. So, in a, to capsulize what the, the great plan of redemption is, it, it was a plan for God to redeem or to purchase man back. Man fell, and in order to redeem them, there was a purchase that had to be made by God to purchase them back to him. You know what the word redeem means uh (laughs) dare i say this remember back in the 50s that when you would go to a grocery store when you would make your purchase they would give you green stamps and and they gave you books where you would fill. i used i remember i still remember licking the stamps to put in my mom's book and when you would gather so many books you could go to a store And you could redeem those stamps you could use those stamps to buy something for the house you bought you got a lot of dishes S&H green stamps is that what they were (laughs) S&H hallelujah so that's what that word redeem means it means to purchase back let me give you a more one that doesn't, you don't have to go back four decades to understand the example. Uh, you know, when you, when you take an item to a pawn shop. And let's say you, you, you need some money right away. You have an emergency. So you take your camera. You take your computer. You take your sawed-off shotgun, whatever you got. And you go to the, the pawn shop and then you say, I want to I pawn this. And he'll look in his book and say, okay, I can give you a hundred bucks. So you give him your item, and then you get the hundred bucks, but then he gives you a ticket. And he says, if you come back in so many days, you can buy it back. You can redeem it. Now, of course, it's going to take more money to buy it back than what they gave you, and that's how they keep the lights on. But you understand what I'm saying? See, you it's your possession, but you have to buy it back. That's redeemed. So, God had this great plan of buying us back. Now, how was he gonna do that? Well, go over to Titus. That's in the New Testament. It's a rather small letter that was written. T-I-T-U-S, if you're going to the table of contents. Titus, chapter two, verse 14. Sharon knows exactly where it is. It's on the screen right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. So notice this, it says that who gave, this is interesting how this is worded. So who is God? What did God give? It says that he gave himself. <laughs> wow! Now see, mankind couldn't redeem themselves. You and I can't redeem ourselves. why? Because we're tainted with the laws of sin. So, we don't have an adequate payment to pay for our sin. So, God had to provide Himself, or should I say, His Son, to redeem us. This is why it's so important that we believe what the Bible says that God, the Son, Jesus Christ, always existed, yet God put Him in flesh. You've got to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. If he wasn't, then he would be tainted with the laws of sin and death. But he, God is his father. God placed him in the womb of a virgin. And so that way, man could pay the price that we owed with the life of God. See, Satan didn't see a God-man coming. Satan thought for sure that he... He was going to be okay. There's no way that mankind could pay the debt that they owed, but he didn't know that God had already had a plan, that great plan of redemption, and he was going to send a God-man to redeem us. Jesus was man so he could represent you and I, and then he was also God so that he could pay the price. Hallelujah. So here we go. Let's read this verse. So who gave himself... For who? For us or mankind. Understand that that God hasn't come to redeem just a a small portion of humanity. He came to to pay for all of us. And he doesn't care about the color of your skin. He doesn't care about your gender. He doesn't care where you were born or how much money you had when you were born. Or what kind of house you live in or what car you drive because he's not coming to save the outer man he's coming to save the inner man Amen. your eternal spirit yes. and that spirit came from him and so he's bringing you back to him you've already been with him because he's the father of spirits yes. so he's buying you back to himself He says that he gave himself for us, all humanity, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that he might, what, redeem us, purchase us back from what? All iniquity. How much iniquity? All. And not only that, and purify, make clean unto himself a peculiar People, Now you guys are peculiar. You're not weird or flaky. You're peculiar. You're different than others who are not born again. Hallelujah. And because you're now a part of him, you're going to be zealous to do what? His works or good works. Hallelujah. So this is a message that's being preached for hundreds of years. You've all, you heard this message before you received Christ. You heard this word somehow, some way before you received Jesus. And it's common knowledge. And that's why it's not that difficult to believe it. Because you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it, and not too many people are saying it's not so. Because we are fully persuaded. For goodness sake, you have fans in a football game holding up a sign, John 3.16. Yeah, come on. Everybody knows that scripture. So it's difficult for us to get in a place of unbelief to receive Jesus as our Savior. Because we, we know it's true, because we've heard it taught, preached all our life. We we, we just are waiting until we realize that it's not something that's just bestowed upon us, but it has to be received. Amen? And so, everybody believes that we've been redeemed from sin. But the question that we're answering tonight, does redemption also include the healing of our body? Could you and I get to the place that we're fully convinced that it's God's, not only His plan for us, but a reality that we can receive healing for our body now on this earth as much as we believe it's His will to forgive us when we make mistakes? Could we be that convinced? Absolutely. But it takes effort. And it does take time. Because you've heard during your lifetime, God doesn't heal anymore. I know I heard that. You know, I heard things like, and it was so intellectual. It made so much sense intellectually. Well, God only healed during the early church. He healed during the ministry of Jesus because God had to show off. God had to prove that Jesus was was God. And that's why he allowed him to heal. But then, you know, when the last apostle died, healing just just went oof, just oof, just disappeared. And so God doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't have to establish Jesus as, as the Savior anymore. You all got that message. You got that memo. You're okay. You don't need it. And yet, all through history, there were times where God used the church for great moves of healing amongst the people. We saw it in this century that we just got out of 22 years ago, back in the early 1900s in the Azusa Street Revival. People were not only getting born again, but people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking with other tongues, and people were getting healed. Back in the 40s, started in 1947, there was this great healing revival that swept through the United States. There was traveling healing revivalists going all over America and into the world, and God was emphasizing healing. If I mention Oral Roberts, you know who I'm talking about. Catherine Kuhlman, you know who I'm talking about. Jack Cole, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, William Branham. uh, A guy with the last name Allen. I'm sorry I forget his first name. He wore these really fancy striped suits. He was really cool. And the miraculous, miracles were taking place. God was trying to get us to back to the Bible to see that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever but not only that but that healing has already been purchased for us he already has redeemed us bought us back from sickness and disease so let's look at this going over to Galatians chapter 3 You guys getting anything yet? (laughs) Now, let me me say this, because I am anyway. You and I, we need to get fully convinced that healing is ours through redemption, not just for ourselves. But there's people all around us that need healing Amen. Come on. and they don't have the same message that you have they don't have the same opportunity that you and I have I mean we've been cutting our teeth on this book for a couple of years right and if I would take the average churchgoer in the United States and set him in a third world country he would be considered a bible scholar compared to what they know. We are so blessed in this nation to have this exposure of the word of God in our life. And we have so much more knowledge of the word of God than any third world country. I mean there was a time that my son and I we were on this trip to Peru and we're we're up the uh, Amazon River I mean we took this boat and we went up into these little tributaries of the Amazon and fell upon villages that rarely saw someone with light skin and set up a, a sheet had a generator Ran a movie and just started giving them the gospel message on on film in their language. And then present how to receive Jesus as their savior. And many many of them, that was the first time that they heard the word of God in their life. Not so for us. And we got people around us that need a healing touch. We need to get enough confident that we'll actually let God use us to lay hands on them to be healed. Amen. So we're not just here for ourselves tonight. We're here for others as well. Now, you're, you're with me? Look at this. She is so far ahead of me. Galatians 3.13. Thank you, Sharon. Now, I want you to get used to the way this verbiage is in this in this scripture because you'll see this verbiage throughout the the New Testament it says that Christ hath that's King James or if you took the that 2% of how the English people spoke in uh, 500 years ago instead of hath, it would be Christ has now the word has is something is is describing action that has already taken place. It's a verb that is past tense. It doesn't say Christ will, meaning that it's future tense. It says that Christ what? Has. So this is something that he's done. What have you done, Christ? And understand this word Christ isn't his last name, that's his title. This word Christ means Messiah. It means the anointed one. Amen? Savior. That's his title. He has done what? And they use that title in reference to redemption. See, Jesus was the lamb that had come to be slain or to be sacrificed to pay the debt we owed and so this is the title he was given of the Messiah he has redeemed us or could we say he has purchased us now what were we lacking we were lacking life God's life remember The sin condition we fell into, it says that death passed upon us, meaning that our spirit became spiritually dead or separated from life or separated from God. So we needed his life. So to redeem us, what did Jesus use that had God's life? You know the answer. It's his blood. Scripture tells us the life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. No one on earth has ever had in their veins God's life, except for Jesus Christ, Amen. Yeah. because he was God in flesh. So the blood that he used to redeem you and I, the life he had in his blood, Was because he was God and when he went into the holies of holies in the temple in heaven he laid down his blood on the altar seat and he purchased our redemption that's why we believe in the blood of Jesus hallelujah oh the blood of Jesus right so he hath redeemed us what from the curse you and i had a curse on our life that curse came when the laws of sin and death were loosed on humanity through the sin of adam and eve right by one man sin entered into the world so that curse came on us, so Jesus became a curse. You had the yoke of a curse on you, so Jesus, he became a curse. He was made a curse. Well, how could you curse God? You put him on a cross and condemn him to death. And then God placed your curse your sin condition on him and on the cross he died like mankind did when those laws came into earth he died just like Adam died he died like Eve died and everyone born after them or through them so Jesus became that curse for us on the cross he was made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that tree being the cross. Yes. So Jesus redeemed us at the cross of Calvary. Now understand that there was a the curse was threefold, and therefore the blessing of redemption. Is threefold now the curse was number one spiritual death number two the curse was sickness and number three the curse was poverty spiritual death sickness in the body And poverty financially that was the yoke of the curse but Jesus didn't just redeem us for one of the curses he redeemed us from all the curses hallelujah glory Glory to God so and I want to see I want you to see that if you don't mind Sharon go ahead and put up verse 14 just the next verse So in verse 13, we see Jesus becoming the curse. And then in verse 14, you see the blessing that now is upon us once the curse is lifted. Remember, Jesus became the curse. You and I became the blessed. Did you get that? He became the curse so that you and I could be the blessed. We got the blessed because he became what we were. We became the blessed because he gave us, gave us what he is. See that? It's an exchange. So in verse 14, once the curse was, is lifted off of us through receiving the fruit of redemption by accepting Jesus as our Savior, it says that the blessing of Abraham... Well, isn't it interesting that the blessing of Abraham is threefold? And if you want to see that, you can go over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. We don't got time to go into it tonight. But that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Now, the blessing of Abraham is spiritual life. It's the reciprocal of the curse. It's spiritual life, that's salvation. And then to have that life to help us to be like Christ. Number two is health. Vitality and longevity for your body. Understand that your body is simply a vehicle for your spirit to travel around on the earth. When I go into outer space in a different atmosphere, I've got to have a space suit. Well, in order for your eternal spirit to be here on earth, it has to be in an earth suit your earth suit is this body now it wouldn't make any sense of all, at all for God to put a recreated spirit and the Holy Spirit inside of us and then allow the body to be diseased Amen, yes. any more than he would help me to build a brand new house and then send termites to eat it that makes no sense whatsoever So understand that you are precious to God because you are his child. He's given you his very life. He's made you a new creature in Christ and he wants you to live in the best house there is. The best house there is is one which is healthy, which is strong, that is free from disease and that you have enough time on the earth to fulfill what he has for you to accomplish for him. Hallelujah, that's why I I have to ask for extra years because I'm like a slow train coming (laughs) I need more time. So I'm gonna be at least 90 Right remember the Bible tells us to call those things that be not as though they were so I'm just telling my body right now You're gonna go the distance Amen. Amen, and then I'll maintain it on the way so he redeemed us from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us and it's through jesus christ is not because of anything i'm doing or have done or have accomplished or have earned it's because of his grace through jesus christ that we would receive the promise of the spirit so this this blessing of abraham is spiritual it's the promise of the spirit understand that your spirit was raised by the Spirit of God in that realm of the Spirit. Your body is healed by the Holy Spirit cooperating with your spirit that causes his life to emanate from your spirit to your body to create healing. And financial is spiritual. It says that he gives you the power to get wealth. That from the inside, God will enlighten us and show us how to access... The finances because the world the, God can't just rain down money from heaven it has to come from the money source of the earth yes. and so he'll show you in that realm of the financial system of the world to get overflowing abundance to come to you it's not like hitting the lottery remember God always blesses what you set your hand to and if you're sitting on your hands, it's going to be hard for him to get the blessing of finances to you. Just read Proverbs. Just read Proverbs. Just read Proverbs. Amen? Read Proverbs. Amen. Amen. There is no get-rich-quick scheme in God. you got to do it his way. And when you do, woohoo! it's awesome. All right? So we've been redeemed. You got that? So the threefold curse is lifted, and now we have a threefold blessing. Now I want you to go on over to 3 John 1, 2. I, you know, we've just driven a nail through a two-by-four. And that 16-penny nail is sticking out on the other side of that two-by-four. We're going to cinch that nail down so it can't come out. Does that sound okay? Yes, sir. Let, let's do that. We're going to cinch the nail down we we just said that the curse was what threefold and therefore when we were redeemed and he purchases back now the blessing is a reciprocal of the curse and now we have a threefold blessing which is what spiritual life salvation health for our body and financial prosperity Well, shouldn't we be able to see those three things together in the New Testament? Of course. So we're going to the third letter of John. John wrote three letters to the church, which we call epistles. And this third letter was a short one. There, There technically aren't any chapters in it. It's just one chapter. So if you look it up, it is one, two chapter 1 verse 2 and up here it says beloved this is King James this is kind of old-school to us we don't really use this word beloved very much oh I'm beloved we we don't talk like that unless we're watching some kind of a uh, opera or something Um, beloved just means loved of God loved of God I'll read it from another translation, and you'll, you'll see another word for beloved. So, but he's talking to what I'm... By giving you that, des, that definition, you see who he's writing to. Yes. He's not writing to the world. He, he's not writing to those that curse God. He's writing those who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You are loved of God when you receive his salvation through his son. So, he's talking to believers here. Now, King James used this word, wish. there's There's no word wish in the Bible. Other translations say, I pray. So John here is praying for those who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He says, I pray above all things, so that must be important. He didn't say above some things no he says above all things so this is what a priority for us why because it's our redemption what we've been empowered to do now that we are redeemed he says I pray above all things that you may prosper well isn't that the opposite of poverty that's one of the blessings right prosper and People go off the reservation when you begin talking about godly prosperity. And they start saying, well, am I a millionaire? Well, you don't put a dollar figure on it. Because money is relative to the person who has it. When I'm in the jungle of Peru, if you had a tin roof, you were prosperous. Or if you had a donkey, you had a Cadillac. See, it's all relative to the person. And we always equate having more than enough, equate that we don't have to work anymore. I got so much money, I don't have to work. Well, (coughs) I don't wanna talk about that. We just, let's just start with getting our bills paid. Let's just start with getting our house paid. Let's just start there. Yes. Amen? Amen. And, and begin working it on out. But he's saying that he's praying that these church members would prosper. Yes. It's already been given. Amen. They just have to learn how to work it. Amen. And be what? In health. Ooh, that's, a, that's another blessing, isn't it? Amen. Yes, it is. Right? Mm-hmm. What's the third one? Even as your soul prospers. Amen. Spiritual life, salvation, Amen. health for our body, yes. having a full overflowing supply financially. Let me read it from another version. This is 3 John 1-2. Dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. So then you know this is talking about natural prosperity and that's natural health and this is spiritual prosperity. Amen, do you see it? you see it now because the great plan of redemption has also purchased healing for our physical body you'll begin to see in the New Testament where you'll see forgiveness signifying salvation and a relationship with God also at the same time you see healing for the physical body right so it's just like when I, when I buy a ticket to go in and see a movie. Well, that ticket lets me go into the theater. You know, we got a 12 plex or whatever it's called over there in, at the mall. Well, I gotta figure out which room to go in to see the movie I purchased. So not only does it get me in to see the movie, but also has purchased me to sit down And watch the movie, right? It's all encompasses. Mm -hmm. I can even drag a bunch of uh, greasy food in there and and sugar. You know, I can take the raisinets. I can take the popcorn, right? I got a ticket. I get all of it. And we've got to start seeing that with our salvation, we have a ticket. And we shouldn't do without that which has already been purchased for us. I mean, you wouldn't go up there, and, you know, we bought a, a ticket one time that encompassed not only going in to see the movie, but all the, the uh, snacks we wanted to take in with us. Well, after I purchased it, I didn't just walk into the movie. No, I made sure I got the Raisinets. I made sure I got the pop- popcorn that had all sorts of salt and butter on it. I, I got the, the, not just the normal size pop, but I got the super pop, right? I, I, I got it all. Amen? And we need to be that way with our salvation. Why would would we go without what Jesus has already paid for? I got the ticket, glory to God. Here's my ticket. It tells me all the things encompassed in what Jesus purchased for me. So I don't want to go in without it. All right. I'm going to try and gear down. Let's just look at one more verse. Going over to 1 Peter. Chapter 2, verse 24. This one goes out to my wife, the Italian princess, Pastor Marianne. Hallelujah. Now, what did we just say? Well, 1 John, or excuse me, 3 John 1, 2 encompasses all three of what we have in salvation. Right? Now, check out 1 Peter 2, 24. You'll see some tones and some uh, shades of redemption in this verse. You ready? It says, I'm reading from the King James. It says, who his own self. Now this is talking about the Messiah. This is talking about Jesus. This is talking about the Son of God made flesh. His own self. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to this word bear. Who is own self, bear. Now, I want you to picture a, uh, a mule, and you can put a special saddle on it where you can start strapping baggage on it. And I want you to picture a donkey just being weighed down with all you need at the campsite because you're gonna climb this mountain and that donkey becomes your load bearer it carries what you need it's not carrying it for himself he's carrying it for you he's your load bearer he's your mule well that's what Jesus became on the cross God took our weight, our load, all that we were, and put it on Jesus, and he bared it. He carried it away. He took it for us. He didn't take it for himself. He didn't need it. We're the ones who needed it. So himself bear what? Our sins. Now, when you see this word sins, don't just focus in on behavior ungodly behavior is simply the fruit of a sin condition. It's not the root. We put way too much emphasis on behavior. What Jesus came to do was to get the root, that fallen sin nature we had in our spirit. He came to tear that bad boy up. Amen? Amen? And so... When he gets the root up, then all the fruit of that root automatically is eliminated. And I want you to know that sickness and poverty are just fruit of the fallen sin condition. So when you get the root, that's when you get the threefold blessing. Because you took the root, the sin condition out. Now you've already taken care of the sickness and the poverty yes. side of it. Yes. This is really good preaching right now, right here. He's helping us, isn't he? He's yes. helping us. Yes, so he bared our sins where on his own body. Well, when did he do that? On the tree. On the cross. Well, why did he have to do that? Because we were dead or separated in our sin condition from God. We were dead to sins. It's interesting that before Christ, we, we had this appearance that we were alive. Because we were interacting in this world. We, we, we had things that we enjoyed. We, there were things that we accomplished. We, we had an appearance of, of a false illusion that we were alive. But it wasn't our body that was in that sin condition. It was our spirit. And so we didn't really notice it was dead. Until we found out from Scripture. And then that brought the illumination. And that brought the need for Jesus Christ. And then when we started seeing that, then we started seeing our fallen nature at work. It was easy for me to see because I became, had become so worldly. It was obvious. You didn't need a seeing eye dog to see that. It, just, it was just obvious. Amen? But a lot of us, it's just like this song that Jeremy Camp uh, wrote That we're dead men walking before Christ. We are dead men walking. We, We have an appearance of life, but on the inside we're separated from God. And therefore we have no eternal life, spiritual life. Amen. So, by whose stripes. Now, all up here is talking about our spiritual need. The need for his redemption the, the need for spiritual life yes. he says that right we were dead to sins or we be able to live unto right standing and then in the same voice in the same verse in, in the same breath the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to say not only that not only did he take and bear away and remove that sin condition, but with those stripes that were placed on his back, God also put your sickness condition yes. by whose stripes it says you were healed. Amen. doesn't say going to heal. It says were healed. Amen. Hallelujah. So in the same breath where he says that Jesus bared away our sin condition, he also said, when that root came out, also was your sickness in your body condition healed. By whose stripes you were healed. And so we're going to look at that next time. That you'll start seeing these woven together in Scripture where it becomes very emphatic that he bared the sin at the same time he bared our sickness. And you'll see it all dovetail together, and God did it all at once in one shot with Jesus on the cross where he placed all that, where he became that one that bared it away for you and I. Father, we thank you for Scripture. Oh, thank you for helping us to see the truth to get beyond our our mind and our senses and and trying to figure things out intellectually. I thank you for helping us to begin believing it with our heart. Yeah, we don't really understand it and probably won't ever fully understand it on this side of glory. But Lord, we can have enough in our heart to have faith. Because faith believes in what it can't see. Faith believes in that which it doesn't fully know. Faith believes just simply what you say. Because faith is the knowledge of God's word. So thank you for encouraging our faith. Thank you for developing our faith. Thank you for giving us the assurance that everything that we need on this earth has already been provided by what Jesus did in our behalf. Lord, we thank you for it and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, don't worry, we still got two steps to go, so we're going to figure out how to receive what he's done. See, it don't come to us just because we're adorable. All right? You, you got to use the mechanism he gave us to receive it. And that part is as easy as receiving a gift. And we can all do that. Amen. Love you.